This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Shows about your calls. We go straight to the phones. Talk to Steve, listening in Toronto. Hello, Steve. Hi, guys. I hope you're doing well. I was calling tonight about two separate, unrelated issues, so I'll start with the first, and you know, if I run out of time, just let me know. But the first one uh, deals with drunk driving regulation. All right. And uh, you know, it, it's clear to me that obviously in a fully free market society where even the, even the roads w- were run by uh, private businesses instead of by the government, um, that private industry would find a way to minimize the risk of people crashing into each other for, uh, because they're intoxicated. Um, I agree. But in our current system, with the government controlling the streets and patrolling the streets, um, I just I find myself frequently saying, uh, you know, well, I saw I saw one of those spot check programs today, and it really bothered me. But then I started to you know to play devil's advocate against myself and say, well, how else can they deal with this problem? Under the in the current infrastructure that they operate in, are you well, asking us? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> You're asking for a better way for the government people to handle the drunk driving situation than just randomly, uh, or I guess than just wholesale checking everybody on the road. Yes. Uh, I don't. I think it'd be better if they just uh, took care of situations as they arose. I mean, if you actually have somebody who's driving dangerously, then you could handle that uh, instead of stopping every single person on the road and right. and harassing them. It, it, I mean, even if you're just uh, in in, I sort of would take Ian's position to some lesser extent. Even if you pull somebody over for going one mile an hour over the speed limit, at the very least they've done something. However, when you stop them all in the middle of a six-lane highway, as they used to do on Highway 41 and Sarasota, where I lived, um, and you check everybody, you're just checking everybody. Uh, the it's, fact it's, is, is, some people can operate a motor vehicle just fine at, you know, 0.09% uh, alcohol, you know, blood alcohol level. There's, you know, there's no reason to go and ruin that person's life over that. I, I agree. Uh, but, see, the, there's one statistic that conflicts me a little bit, and what that is, is that I, I looked into this a little, and um, according to one study I read, since they introduced this, this spot check program here in, in Toronto um, many years ago, I think uh, they say that uh, road fatalities have been cut in half. So, Do you think that um, it, it, it's been years, right? Yeah. Now, you know that automobile safety has increased a great deal in <laughs> the course, last... Of uh, course, yeah. And, and, and that, that's a mitigating yeah, factor. Correlation it's, is a huge, not, it's a huge mitigating factor. Correlation does not <laughs> I mean, necessarily mean causation. I had a 76 yep. Eldorado convertible, and I can tell you that whenever I had to make a fast stop, that thing squealed like you wouldn't believe. People would crane their necks and look. I mean, just the, the, the amount of rubber that's touching the road on that vehicle is just not enough to stop it without just... Right. And the next thing you expect to hear is bang. Now, the vast majority yeah. of the time it wouldn't happen, but it just let me know the difference between a, an automobile that was manufactured in uh, 75 and an automobile that was ma- manufactured in 2005. And right. it's it's I, a big big difference. I guess if if they lifted if they stopped doing these check programs here in Toronto and fatalities were still uh um, and, and fatalities doubled again. 
would that persuade you? That maybe it's a good idea. Well, I, at that point, you have to weigh certain um, certain uh, circumstances. For one, it doesn't bother me when drunk drivers die. Okay. Right, but when they kill innocents. That's Absolutely, that's that's where I have a problem. Also, I I don't have a big problem with people that were, for instance, I I knew a guy in in prison who was in there for being in a drunk driving accident with another drunk driver who died. Right. Um, so, um, and and in, in that particular case, his blood alcohol level was point zero nine, and right. hers was like point one five. Right. Um. Now it was a girl, and that that never goes well, right? Yeah. So, and he got ten years for that, and to me, that's a little. That's a little crazy. Now, I agree. when you're when you're talking about circumstances where some an innocent person is is hurt or killed, then you know that that wasn't drinking at all, or um, you know, and I'm not even going to talk about cough syrup in this uh, particular uh, conversation. Right. You know, that I, I could certainly can see that, but I don't want to. And and the people that uh, have these road statistics, they will often lie. They'll say an alcohol related injury or alcohol related death, and th- what what they mean by that is well some. Somebody was in the passenger seat drunk, and right. they can skew the statistics because they want to push their agenda. And, and unfortunately, I just simply don't believe the numbers anymore. After, after I've seen what, how they skew the numbers, I just don't believe the numbers when it comes to alcohol-related deaths. Well, and you, you can't get innocent people killed by drunk driver numbers. You certainly cannot trust the government when it comes to statistics. But let's, I'd like to ask the question in the reverse direction. I mean, sure. if you accept that having these government checkpoints is reducing the number of fatalities on the road, and there's no real way to be certain of that. The but fatalities of innocent it, people? Whatever. Okay. If you accept that that's true, yeah. then should you also not accept the premise that, well, we need more uh, than one per week or one per month randomly uh, decided upon is not enough. We need them strategically placed throughout the city at various different locations at various different times consistently right. throughout the week so that every single driver... During is, rush hour. Uh, yep, yeah, during rush yeah. hour so that every single driver is checked every single time they get behind the road I mean, or get behind the wheel. I mean, wouldn't, right. that, wouldn't that in their insane world of logic make sense? Yes, yes, it would. But and wouldn't you see see a problem with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, beyond the uh, the invasion of privacy, beyond the just wholesale uh, a suspecting of absolutely every person on the road, you're also looking at wasting people's time to a tremendous level. I mean, you're right. talking about a decrease in productivity that is unheard of, unmeasurable. Yeah, I mean, sure. Because people aren't going vehicles to vehicles carrying hurt passengers are slowed down and. That's probably going to be the case. I mean, yeah. I mean, if if traffic is backing up, it's just going to be more difficult for them uh, as well. That would even if, they were, even if they weren't stopped and checked, they would still yeah. have to deal with backed up traffic. And yeah. in, right. in some cities, if you, depending on the time of day, you can really have some backed up traffic. Well, was, yeah, that's that's what prompted me to make this call. Was sitting in that traffic, <laughs> you know, a mere twenty minutes ago. Yeah. Previously, most police officers would only pull somebody over if they suspected they were, had been drinking because they were driving kind of erratically in the you road. You can tell. Or something. Yeah. But the whole transportation system that we have today has been distorted by government because this, all the highway systems, they were all put there artificially by government to help their friends in various industries, whether it's sell more cars or more tires or more oil. But the natural way that people tend to build their homes and congregate tends to be more like the old cities in the Northeast where you can walk everywhere, like Keene, for example. 
And and in the last 30 or 40 years, we've gotten into this suburbanization where people are living way far away from work and and, and commuting in because of cheap oil. But that's not really a natural way to live, and eventually it may not be that way anymore. And when when people live closer to where they lived and worked, they walked more places. They weren't driving as long or as far. So even if they had a few drinks, the likelihood of them getting in an accident was far lower. And they also had trains, too. The railroads have have, have collapsed, uh, which may make a comeback in the near future. Right, right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, I, I don't Steve. know if I've got time for my second yeah, question. Yeah, go ahead, you, sure. Okay, great. It, it, uh, it concerns the, you know, the economic situation right now in, uh, in the U.S. And um, I, I, just, I frequently hear uh, so many people say that, oh, we, we, you know, we, gave, uh, we, we gave free reign to the, the bank institutions and, and there was little to no government regulation, and look what they did. And I know that that's not true. But I don't know enough about it it's to know perception. all of the ins and outs of where it is and is not true. And I was hoping you guys might be able to explain a little. Well, um, you know, I couldn't tell you every bank regulation, but I no can way. tell you that uh, you know the the government regulates the amount of interest that they uh, give, when they give interest, uh, you know, the the way they report things, what it takes to be able to get into business as a bank. It, it you know it's tremendous. You can't op- you can't operate anything that's uh, you know not FDIC insured. You can't uh, open your own bank that doesn't uh, participate in uh, the fractional reserve system with the. Uh, well, now hold on. The Republic of Lakota is allegedly trying to do just those very things. They're trying. And I hope, and I hope, very the very very best but for them. But you're correct, Mark. I mean, there's a good chance that men with guns are going to come in and shut those people down if it's not a scam. And some people are suggesting the Republic of Lakota Bank is just a big scam. So, uh, so there you go, Steve. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you there in Toronto. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Government may be going into your home soon. We'll explain. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version as well, and a webcam, all for free for you over at freetalklive.com. In fact, you can go straight to listen.freetalklive.com to get right to the tune-in links. And if you're looking to get involved with other young liberty lovers from across the country, you, can sh- you should join Bureaucrash and help us fate- uh, fight statism in all its forms at Bureaucrash.com. Also, be sure to check out our pro-freedom t-shirts and other swag at our contraband store so you can quite literally wear your beliefs on your sleeve. Bureaucrash.com. We go to the amp lines, and we'll talk to Eric in Illinois. You're on Free Talk hey, Live. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Eric, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I found this very disturbing Washington AP piece, and uh, let me quote the first paragraph that kind of sure. sums it up. Uh, I, a bipartisan commission is asserting the country should expect a terrorist attack using nuclear or biological weapons sometime in the next five years. Wow. Sounds, it sounds paragraph. like a gypsy reading to me. I, I see terror... And <laughs> biological, no, maybe nuclear. It could, it could be, it it could be a dirty bomb. Uh, like you know, they're just <laughs> next uh, next year, the year after, uh, somewhere in the next five half decade, half decade. You know, uh, it just, I don't know, what the hell are they doing here? Making a new boogeyman. 
<laughs> and what happens if they're wrong? Nothing. I don't know. But if, if they can guess it, I mean, why should why don't we instead of expecting it, we go stop it since we know so much about it apparently. Yeah, it's well, a good question. There was also a story just a few days ago from the Washington Post that the Pentagon is is now planning on having 20,000 20, troops. Yeah, that's a lot of troops. Yeah. And that's only where it's going to begin, Wayne. Yes. There's going to be more after that. We're going to need them because there's going to be a terror attack in the next five years. Apparently, we're going to need them to... uh, (laughs) Apparently, we're going to need them to completely control everything about our lives. Uh, They're going to occupy the streets and do who knows what. And watch out because a lot of those guys play video games. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> well, because they're they're always saying how video games encourage people and kind of desensitize people to murdering and blood and guts and all that stuff. So, the younger... I think that's nonsense, personally. I do too. Any other thoughts for us, Eric? Uh, it's just that this is ridiculous. I mean, you hear more and more about like these imminent nuclear attacks, even though there's only been one in the past seven years. And you know, they're starting to use the word nuclear a lot more, which I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah, so, that's I mean, kind of scary. Well, depleted uranium is a nuclear attack, too. That's been going on in Iraq since 2002. All good points. Thanks, Eric, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Here's a scary story for you. Uh, Kenneth City, Florida, is apparently looking at possibly... Uh, possibly going into your home. Well, if you live in Kenneth City, and of course this could happen where you live. Council members caved into demands, according to TampaBay.com, from an angry crowd and delayed approving a neatness ordinance until officials explain every word of the 26-page document to Kenneth City residents. In what was estimated to be the largest crowd to ever attend a Kenneth City Council meeting, an outraged group of residents uh, railed at the proposal that would regulate the upkeep of both the exterior and interior of all the property in the town. Well, they own the property, so they think they can just go in and make sure you keep a good house. Yes, uh, apparently the city does own your property if you live in such a place, uh, and if you live in a town, they probably own your property too. The proposal basically sets standards for upkeep and appearance and gives town officials the right to enter homes. If the owner refuses to allow the official to enter, the town can go to a judge for an administrative search warrant to allow access to the interior of buildings. In the meantime, violations would cause... Administrative search warrant. That's right. (laughs) Violations would cause... Doesn't it have to specifically state the things that are looked for? They're looking for violations. God. They want to look for violations so they can fine you up to... I don't to... think this is entirely unconstitutional, which really disturbs the crap out of Wait, me. Wait, you're saying it's constitutional? Well, if you read the Fifth Amendment, that it's, it just says that... Uh, or People is it Fourth shall Amendment? be secure in their... Yeah, warrants um, should not be violated. No warrant shall issue, but upon probable cause... Probable cause might be an issue there. Uh, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Violations could cost up to $250 a day. Angry residents liken the proposal to rules created by communist or Nazi dictatorships. One person said the result would be to create a network of spies to snitch on neighbors to council members and other town officials. Someone suggested the name of the town should be changed from Kenneth City to Petty City. Still, others said town attorney Paul Marino was overstepping his bounds. Marino, who drafted the ordinance at the urging of the mayor and council, defended himself, saying he felt the audience was trying to shoot the scribe and that... He was only doing his job. He probably was only doing his job. No, what happened in this town to make to cause them to want to regulate what people's houses look like on the inside? 
Oh, I don't know. It's There's just, always it's, some busybody. I, yeah, I, I was uh, some you know, lady I, who had 50 cats and died, and there was you know a, a, a foot of uh, cat dung all through the house. You know how these people or, are. I yeah. mean, they just they keep they keep taking steps towards complete and total micromanagement of your life and property. And then, I they, think, cre- and then they create a snitch society because then somebody gets pinched for something over here and says, "Oh, they but they got away with it mm-hmm. over there." And before you know it, everybody's at each other's throats. I think that yep. uh, I, I think that the, this really is the public in this particular instance. Today, I got the minute the minutes from my local town uh, select board meeting and apparently a small group of concerned citizens uh, showed up at the last selectman's meeting uh, you know s- giving the the names and addresses of people who they wanted uh, singled out for having junk as they described it on their uh, property and apparently there's an ordinance that says you can't have junk on your property and so oh, they, just, they hmm. wanted to, uh, to to point out that this is the case look and, out because the freedom couch is now uh, well i can't say but yeah, the, uh, so I called up the select people, <laughs> and uh, two of them, and I, I expressed, since these people, you know, registered their complaints, I wanted to register mine, saying that, well, A, junk is subjective. And as far as I'm concerned, so whatever true. these people have on their property, including their house and their brand new cars, is junk, because yeah. they've got crappy opinions, and I don't like them. And I don't like the color of their house They're either. junk people. I don't like, I don't like the way their um, drives are, um, driveways are paved. I don't like anything about their lives. Okay, so I made that silly point. You did, okay. And that's good. That's good. Um, like to two of the uh, select people, and there are three of them. You actually spoke to them? Yes. Okay. And, uh, you know, they're, they're like, you're that Free State Project member, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I made the point that uh, the, the junk rulings are uh, discriminatory because I have property that's wooded and no one can see what my house looks like uh, from the road. So I can have all the junk I want on my, um, you know, at, in, in front of my house. And these people that have smaller bits of property are you know, subjected to all these rules that mm-hmm. I'm not subjected to. So therefore, these are discriminatory against people who have smaller lots. Probably poor, just to, just a guess. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, do we really want laws that single out poor people? You know, I made that point to them, and, and then there was another one about unregistered vehicles. But So they said they were going to repeal the ordinance because they're so persuaded. Um, no, but they'll probably just no. not do anything in this particular instance. I see. Uh, yeah, what, what can you do? I quoted Thomas Jefferson, vigilance and, you know, liberty <laughs> and, you know, liberty and the, uh, the tree of liberty and blood of patriots and all that good stuff. Oh, boy. So the rest of the story here is that uh, the town attorney is claiming he's just doing his job. Uh, the one person in the audience claimed that the council, one of the council members had driven by his house as a way of threatening him to drop his opposition to the ordinance. The councilman did not respond to the charge he was abusing his office. Others said the council needs to explain every part of the ordinance to residents, and that after that, residents should be consulted about redrafting the new rule, if necessary, to tailor it to Kenneth City's needs. A little more on this story here in moments, and we'll take your calls as well, 800-259-9231. Would you be a little bit upset if this was going in in the place that you live, allowing government people to just come into your home and check it out? Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is...
Voices Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Uh, and we want to invite you to come to the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. Come on up to New Hampshire between March 5th and 8th. Uh, you'll want to be in Nashua at the Crown Plaza Hotel, where you're going to want to stay all weekend. Because not only are there going to be big-name Liberty s- superstars like uh, Glenn Jacobs from the WWE, you might know him as Kane, uh, but also uh, Mary Ruart, David Nolan, Richard Heller, Anthony Gregory, so many names, so much to talk about, panel discussions, keynote speakers, presentations, uh, social uh, occasions like dinners and things like that, after hours parties, it is a good old time and we look forward to seeing you there. Uh, head over to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum to get signed up. Uh, you'll save 10% if you use our special discount code 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL. Free Talk Live will be there as well, and we'll be broadcasting live every single night of the event. So looking forward to seeing you at the Free State Project Liberty Forum. And if you don't know what the Free State Project is, then you owe it to yourself to go and see for yourself at freestateproject.org. Suffice it to say, if you love liberty and you found out that 20,000 other liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place, wouldn't you want to be there too? freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. As we continue the story, a pretty disturbing story, actually, out of Kenneth City, Florida. And apparently, uh, Wayne, you were doing a little poking around on the Internet during the break there, and you found that Kenneth City is relatively close to St. Petersburg, and it's a relatively small place. Is that right? Yes, it's just right next to St. Petersburg, it appears, and it's uh, probably right on the water there. It looks like there's there's, uh, water bordering it. So a lot of those towns do get a little picky about what the residents do because they're trying to uh, project an image, which might not be realistic. These people have gotten so picky that they've now created a 26-page ordinance that (laughs) specifically has to do – it's called a neatness ordinance. And one of the many – I'm sure one of the many provisions of this ordinance allows bureaucrats to come into your home if – they come up to your home and they want to take a look around and you refuse to let them in. If you live in Kenneth City, they can go to a judge and get a search warrant. And then you could get a, a $250 a day violation, apparently, for not allowing the bureaucrats in your home. The only thing good I could say about it is it might be a good excuse to get your kids to clean their room. <laughs> uh, maybe so, but that's uh, quite a stretch. Uh, the council apparently is uh, going to explain your the kids ordinance. are your problem, pal. <laughs> the council is going to explain the ordinance in an upcoming meeting, uh, I think, later this month. Uh, apparently, the meeting is not only open to the public, but Kenneth City officials seem to challenge residents to attend. This is a kind of a typical attitude that you'll hear from the government people. Yeah. Here's what they say. Uh, one of the this is the city attorney uh, speaking here. He says, "Let's see if you all show up for a workshop." Uh, and he added that he would go through the document paragraph by paragraph if that's what the council wished. And another one of the bureaucrats, the council member Al Carrier, said, if you are not here, you have nothing else to say. So the attitude there is that if you have something better to do with your time than to go and sit at some incredibly boring, dull, painfully awful city council meeting, then you don't get to complain about how they want to control your life and property. We can do whatever we want to you. 
because you don't care enough to come to our meeting. The fact is, these bureaucrats are paid to do this crap. And unfortunately, they get us involved in all their stuff. Look, administer the, the, the town or whatever. Just keep your laws out of my life. Until the November meeting, passage seemed to be a slam dunk. But with an election in the offing, it's unclear how officials who may want to be reelected will react to a large crowd of dissatisfied residents. Up for possible reelection are uh, the mayor and another council member, neither of whom has in- indicated future plans. Uh, so, so they're talking about the, the election. So there you go. And, Wayne, you were actually mentioning also uh, during one of the breaks that apparently the town you live in, is uh, they're going to be voting on zoning soon. Right? Yes, uh, this Saturday. And yeah. I found it interesting that they are going to – now, I guess it's a good thing they're having it on Saturday. But on the other hand, they're just going to be voting on zoning. Is there anything else that they're voting on? No. So I found it very interesting that they elected to have a special zoning election in the first week of December as opposed to having it on the ballot in the uh, the actual election that happened back in November. For the now, higher why turnout. Do you think that, yeah, why do you think they would make that choice? Well, I think they're probably hoping that part of the a percentage of the town is napping and doesn't go out and vote, mm-hmm. and the ones they've got mobilized to be for it. We're going to go vote. Absolutely. The uh, the politicos that are the most interested and those are the ones that are going to, you know, they're the ones calling for zoning are going to be out and they're going to be voting in favor of it. All the friends of the bureaucrats, whoever it is that works for the town, they're going to go out and they're going to vote in favor of it. Uh, but because it's on a Saturday and it's an unusual day, it's an unusual time to vote. I don't know. It's really the people are going to have to be motivated to go out to this. Thing. I think oh, I think the are. vast majority of them won't even know it's going to happen because that, that unfortunately is just the way it goes. Think about it, Ian. Before you ever got you decided that you were going to be involved in local politics, and you probably don't know when all the votes are in Keene for mm-hmm. everything, or even when the council meetings I'm are. In, I'm not really involved in local politics. Well, you're probably a heck of a lot more involved than the average person. This is probably true. And the average person does. You know, I, I don't know how many city council people do you have. Right. They they simply don't know anything about how their town is run. Yeah, you can bet they didn't send a notice out to every single household in town letting them know there's a special election coming up. I mean, Wayne, if did they you did, get it'd be anything? a waste of money. <laughs> it's a very small town, so most people in the town are acutely aware <clears throat> that it's coming up. But it's it's a town where they put a wind farm in. They just finished installing it. I was watching the, the windmills spin on the way down mm-hmm. here. And that probably wouldn't have been put up if they had zoning because the people, the planning board didn't want it, but they were forced They were forced to because they didn't have any zoning and they didn't have as much of a legal infrastructure to prevent it. So you have a planning board but not a zoning department? Correct. Yeah, yeah, there's no zoning. So a planning board that can really do nothing. And, and, they're, and they're always putting up these artificial arguments about, well, how would you like it if the farm next door to you, the guy dies and sells it to somebody and they start a pig farm there? or they oh, have a, The pig or, farm or, argument. It's yeah. always a pig farm. Or, or they have, they What's have wrong a, with pigs? a junkyard next door or <laughs> they something. Stink. Well, they stink and they're, they, yeah, they, they smell and they're obnoxious. But you know, that's the fact the point. is, in your town, you live in a rural community. Where are they supposed to have pig farms? <laughs> well, one of the members of the planning board uh, said that he didn't want any big farms in the town. I said, excuse me, you don't want them? Yeah. Who yeah. are you again? Yeah, who are you? I am on the planning board, a, and my opinions matter more. I mean, I live in a rural town where they have lots of farms and dairies and things of uh, things like that, and I like that stuff. That's what I want to have in my community. Please don't come here from Connecticut and decide to change our little rules. I tell you, the fact is that the, 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 the couple that's um, you know, in my town that's, that's leading this charge, they're from Connecticut. They moved from Long Island to Connecticut mm. and then from Connecticut to here. Oh, boy. And 
they just want to make another damn Long Island. Well, the funny thing is, I was accused on Saturday when I called the local talk show here uh, and was talking about various different issues. Uh, but I was accused of uh, wanting to change everything. I was accused that uh, because I'm a free stater that I want to change everything. It sounds to me like these people want to change things, too. They want curbs on the roads. They want new libraries. They want firehouses. They want all this stuff. They should be able to have all of the things they want. But They, they have should them be able in to... Connecticut. Go back. But they should be able to do it on a voluntary <laughs> basis. If you can't persuade people to do what you want them to do, then game over. But that's not how they play their game. They play with force. They play with the threat of hurting you. Because if you don't obey, in this case in Kenneth City, if you don't let the city people in to search your home to make sure you're complying with the neatness ordinance, you're going to get fined, and if you don't pay the fines, they're going to steal your house from you. Or maybe they'll just throw you in a jail cell. And if you oppose it, you'll be accused of trying to change things. Apparently so. Change their stupid plans, maybe. But It's really just absolutely nuts, and I'm wondering if, uh, if anybody... How would you deal with something like this? I mean, how far, this comes back to the old question of how far will you let them go? I mean, I understand everybody has something they care about in their lives. You know, for you, Mark, it's your wife and it's your, it's your kid. For me, it's Julia. Uh, and Wayne, you've got a whole family. Everybody's got something that they care about. But at some point, there's a, there's a line that the government's going to cross. Is that line when they get to come into your house and check you uh, for a neatness, or, uh, neatness ordinance? Is that the line for you? Or are we all just going to allow the government agents to come in and poke around through our closets? I wonder if they'll spank us next. More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to Free Talk Live. And it's not like it increases the prices or anything like that. There's no uh, scam going on here. It's the same prices. It's not some special link that uh, inflates the prices for the uh, purposes of sending us the inflated price or the, the difference. You just go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and it's the same old Amazon that you know and love. It's just that when you check out, you won't see any evidence of this. But when you check out and you complete your sale, a percentage goes to Free Talk Live. Whether you're buying used or new in 41 categories, Free Talk Live will benefit if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Great place to get your holiday shopping done and get delivery before Christmas time. Uh, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. As we continue with your phone calls, let's talk to Troy in Minnesota. Uh, Troy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. This is hey. Troy. Hi, Troy. What's on your mind? The Nanny government up here in Minnesota is just going crazy. They're not even using logic anymore. Okay. What's happening? Um, they're banning meat that's donated by hunters to food shelf operators because they might have lead in it. Hmm. Like a, like a piece of uh, like shotgun shell, essentially? or the, the Well, that's their complaint right now. I mean, it, we used to have a really nice system up here. All, all the food shelves were run by, um, you know, charities, like, like churches and stuff like that in the small towns. And so every year the hunters would get together and they would donate the meat that they had from, from the white-tailed deer that they shot to give to the food shelf. I think that's a nice idea. 
I, I mean, then they passed the law saying that they can't do that anymore because hunters can't be trusted to process their own meat. So any meat that was donated had to come from um, licensed meat processors. I see. Why do they the want to do this? Do, do any idea why they want to do that? What the, what what the, any idea what they want to do there, what, what the goal might be? Well, originally we thought it was a bunch of anti-hunters. <laughs> that, was, that would have been my thought. But, um... but we don't really know right now because... What happened back in the 70s and 80s were all of the meat processors got together and said, listen, you bring us your deer, we'll process it, and we will donate it to the food shelf. Now they're passing rules saying that if any lead is found in that, in that meat, then the, process, the food processor will lose his license. So they don't want to do the processing anymore? Exactly. So it does so sound kind of anti-hunter. Tens of, thousands, tens of thousands of pounds of meat were donated yearly wow. to... All of the food shelves around our area was so good that we had people driving up from you know the south to get hmm. food shelf donations. Sounds like <laughs> a lot of people are going to starve really because it's Christmas time. Right, and I would be absolutely incensed if I was one of those families, if I was a member of one of the families that had been benefiting from that that free uh, donated meat. I mean, look, beggars can't be choosers. If you're biting through your 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 slice of, uh, of steak there and you find a little bit of buckshot, well, spit it out. Well, not only that, but I mean, we, we've been my family's been eating meat processed through hunting for 400 years. <laughs> You know, it's it's not as though uh, lead in in animals that were shot is a new thing. Yeah, you're um, right. This is so totally nanny state, nanny society. Uh, mommy government knows best. We should only have our approved dealers dealing here, uh, and you've got to keep this stuff off the shelves because somebody might chomp down on a piece of buckshot. I mean, really, it's just crazy what you're talking about. Right. So not only have they not proved that the lead in the meat is going to harm anybody. <laughs> But now all the food shelves are begging for donations because their oh. donations supposedly have dropped so many so much percentage. That is it's so sad. The only sad. reason why it's dropped by that percent is because they have to throw out the meat that the that the hunters used to give them. It, it, you know, it's it's so funny that what they're doing here is they're they're regulating what can be given away. Exactly. They're not regulating what's being sold, which is normally where government steps in is when right, money's changing money hands. Money ch- changing hands and that kind of thing. They're regulating what can be given away, and they're not even giving the food shelters the opportunity to put a uh, a disclaimer in front yeah. of a hungry person, right. um, saying, you know, wow. I don't, mi- you know, fine, I take all responsibilities for biting into this meat. You know, uh, you know uh, any buckshot that I might consume is my problem. Uh, anything like that, they're just regulating it. When is enough enough? When is too much too much? When will People say to themselves, I've had it. I'm not going to take it anymore. I don't believe there's – I mean, I'm not sure if there's a point for most people. I don't think anyone – most people have never even thought about it. And even those who have thought about it get very, very uncomfortable when they think about it, and so they don't want to think about it anymore. But when is that point? When, who, why will people continue putting up with this – I mean, I'm sorry. This is tyranny. Right. And really our only option now to get around it is to pick out one or two families and then go drop off the meat. Yeah. But so many hunters now up here are afraid of getting sued um, because as soon as one of those poor families figures out, well, they dropped it off directly to us and couldn't take it to the food shelf, I can sue, then it will be a whole big mess again. So I don't oh, my gosh. Right. I mean, like, the, the average person isn't going to trust the poor family not to sue. I wouldn't trust them not to sue, quite honestly. And wow. It, you know, <laughs> In a way, just... I, think, I think money is involved here because what's happening is we had such a good system that the state wasn't being asked for funds. So instead of like other states around the area that every year the you know the Senate the state house has to pass a bill to fund these food shelf projects, hmm. our system was run by local charities. 
And so all you had to do was go to a local church and say, hey, I'm, a, I'm having a hard time. They would give you a slip saying, we recommend that this family has food shelf donations. You go to the food shelf that's run by that charity, and they just give you boxes of food. And usually up here, you would get a month's worth. Mm. So I just don't understand what, what they're aiming for, <laughs> other than now that you have to come to Miami government, because yeah. those, those you know hunters are so mean that they won't stop shooting deer with bullets. I don't Just don't absolutely amazing this story. This is a bow and arrow. <laughs> that's what's funny is you can't do that either. If, really? if you use the bow and arrow, the, the, you can't process the meat and give it away because you're not a licensed processor. And if you're a licensed processor, you're not going to take the chance of having somebody come back saying, hey, you made a mistake, there's a piece of lead in there. Thanks for the story tonight, Troy, and thank you for the call. Wow. I appreciate hearing from you, and I'm uh, sorry to hear that story. And that's that's a story you don't want to hear, especially in the holiday season when a lot of these food pantries are very, very busy. I mean, they're, uh, they've got a lot of volunteers in there. They've got people that are sending them money. They've got people that are contributing food. There are people coming in that are getting food handed out to them, and it's a big, big time of the year for them. And to say that, well, now you just can't do what you've been doing, too bad. That's pretty awful. These people are just despicable. These these bureaucrats, these busybodies who think they know what's best, it's just terrible. And what's the most terrible part is that people are going to go along with it, just like good little citizens. Oh, well, we don't like it, but what can we do? They've told us what to do, and they own us, so we wouldn't want to put our, our butts on the line or take any sort of risk you know, to keep doing things the way we used to do them, to do them the way they should be done, to do them the more effective, better way. We're not going to take any risks because we understand they might throw us in cages, steal our homes from us, so, well, we'll just put up and uh, shut up. And then we'll just keep doing that forever. Because when does it stop? I mean, as we pointed out over the weekend, there's never an end to this. There's never a stopping point for these regulations. There's always a new regulation. There's always a new control that somebody's proposing. Whether it's searching through people's homes to uh, comply with a neatness ordinance, or it's taking food from the mouths of hungry people. Whatever it is, these people will not stop. We continue with your phone calls and talk to Valerie in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Valerie. Hi. Can you guys hear me all right? Yes. What's on your mind tonight? Okay. I wanted to talk to you guys about intellectual property. Okay. Sure. Because there is something that I kind of find perplexing. Yeah. I I prefer to call it monopoly privilege, but go ahead with your thoughts. (laughs) Okay. Well, first of all, I was hoping that um, you, Ian, if you could uh, just go over your basic argument for why you're against it, because I'm pretty sure we're in complete agreement, but just want to make sure we're on the same page. Well, there are, there are some good arguments out there. I think one of the most persuasive ones is that ideas are, I think, I think, I believe they're meant to be free, and the the suggestion that once you get an idea from another person, that you can't use your own physical property to essentially create that idea over again is pretty pretty outrageous. I mean, for an exa- for an example of that, it would be that uh, if you've gotten a CD from somebody and you use your own blank CDs to burn your own holes in those CDs and create your own copy. Of 
of that CD, you have used your own material. You've taken your time, your effort. You've used your tools to create an identical copy of the CD that you were given, and then you give that CD back to your friend. I don't believe that uh, that there should be anything wrong with doing that. I think that you probably should uh, support the bands that you like to listen to financially, and I think people will un- people understand that if they don't support their bands uh, that they like, then they're going to go out of business and they're not going to keep making music. So I think that in a world absent intellectual property protections, and obviously I'm only talking about the world of music at the moment, and we're going to come back and we'll uh, continue the discussion here in hour number two. Uh, I think that people understand they need to support the organizations that they find valuable, and they do that. In fact, even in the world of piracy, many of the pirates, so-called, the file sharers, encourage one another to support the products and the software and the music and the movies that they like. So more on the way. We'll continue this discussion. Take your calls as well. Hour 2 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that is freetalklive.com. We go back to your phone calls. Valerie is on the line in Montana. Uh, Valerie asking the question about intellectual property as far as my view, and and that is that I'm completely against it. Uh, Intellectual property is just a nice way of saying the government gets to control your property and tell you what to do with it. And apparently that's okay to some people, but to me it's not. In fact, Matthew emailed in uh, during the news break to add something to this discussion. He says, if to own something is to have exclusive control of it, then under intellectual property, you don't even own your own vocal tract since you don't have exclusive control of it, i.e. you can't speak, or in the case of music, sing whatever you would like using it. So intellectual property contradicts the very basis of libertarianism, which is self-ownership. So I think that in a a true free market world, if people want to protect their ideas, it's incumbent upon them to do whatever it takes to protect them. If uh, that means that you have to be very, very secretive about your plans to create a new product uh, before it's, it's launched to the marketplace, then you need to do whatever it takes to maintain that secrecy and incur whatever costs it would cost you to maintain that secrecy. Uh, and if somebody decides they want to borrow your design and improve upon it, they should be able to do that uh, without facing some sort of consequences for it. I think that ideas, if they're free, uh, lead to more people having more and better ideas. Because when when you can use other people's ideas to combine those ideas with your brain power or with natural resources, you create new wealth. And then that new wealth can be used and and, uh, and and essentially leveraged and turned into new ideas and new wealth and so on and so forth. I mean, if if everybody was able to hold on to their so-called intellectual property forever, and then clearly uh, the the a variety of products and services that are available in the marketplace would be much fewer, uh, much less than what we currently have. So, Valerie, your thoughts? Um, well, I completely agree with you, and um, it just seems really wrong for anyone to claim ownership of something abstract like an idea. Um. But and oh, and I also agree with you um, as far as the zero government. 
I'm just completely free market capitalist. Great. But um, where it runs into kind of some weirdness is that um, isn't intellectual property like the heart of capitalism? No, I think that uh, capitalism is, 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 as I understand it, is about a, a acquiring capital and then investing that capital and uh, creating new products and services and marketing them and, well, and turning a profit and then using that well, profit right. to do more things. But a business isn't just its capital. It's also its operating system and its reputation. Okay. And you can't really build a reputation if you can't um, have a trademark name, Right. Well, you can certainly build a, a reputation. I mean, we've managed to do right. it on this show, and there was another show at another time that decided to borrow our name and and tried to go and create a you know a, a different version of uh it was an awful uh, racist version of this show. <laughs> but they used they used the name Free Talk Live, and if I'd spent all my time trying to pursue some sort of legal action against those people, I wouldn't have been able to focus on the things that are important to me. Um, so I think you can build a reputation by being first to market with the most innovative products and offering them at a, at a reasonable value. You can b- build various different reputations. Well, in that particular case, you're talking about uh, a couple of guys who did a show once a week, and uh, they, you know, they were doing it as a hobby, and uh, they probably weren't the most skilled businessmen, considering uh, one of them committed suicide because his uh, trashy trailer trash wife uh, was uh, caught her cheating or something like that. It was it was really some bizarre stuff. But if Westwood won had uh, rolled out Free Talk Live, that might have been an entirely different story. Wouldn't you agree? They would have been certainly able to market their uh, show a little bit better, no doubt about that. But what would I have done? I mean, I would have gone and kept doing my show the way I wanted to do my show and attracted the listeners that wanted to hear me. I'd have had a heck of a time uh, marketing, uh, you know, selling spots for what would appear to be at that point the illegitimate. No, no, we're the original Free Talk Live. Like you're talking about a very difficult circumstance there. Yeah, I see where you're coming from on that, Mark. Well, it's a good thing, I guess, that most people don't want to do things like that. So, you know, we don't really have to con- be concerned with it. Uh, and plus, I would point out that the but marketplace has built-in mechanisms that prevent that sort of thing from happening uh, when it comes to products. Uh, for instance, uh, you can't go to Walmart and tell them that you're Coca-Cola and you're going to, you know, sell you, – you'd like to sell them your Coke for less because they've already got a deal with the real Coke and they know that they're the real Coke and they're not going to want to do business with you even though your Coke might cost them half the amount because they understand that people want the real McCoy when it comes to uh, to making those purchases. And for those that don't want the real McCoy, Walmart has their own Walmart brand, and they want to sell that instead of your brand. And for all you legal scholars, let's just say that's, that some other big network decides they want to roll out a show called Free Talk Live. Well, they may at some point come after Ian and sue him for using the name, but Ian can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt in court that he's been using the name for eight years longer than they ever had it. So even though he never trademarked or, or the name or copyrighted or whatever, uh, he may in, win in court because he was using it. The usage is actually a factor in disputing something like that. One might also point out uh, that claiming to be Coke when you're actually not Coke could be considered fraudulent, and Liberty people uh, do tend to be against the use of fraud in their um, in their dealings. So you might be able to, to attack it in that way. Like if you're using the exact same logo and calling yourself the exact same name, there might be a case there. 
But as far as the products and services that are offered, I think that ideas should absolutely be free. Also, you know, there's a lot of good ideas and a lot of good inventions that get buried because of intellectual property. That's because a good point. some company sees a, a potential competitor with a new invention, what they do is they buy them out and they bury the, the technology. So a lot of good technology is buried because of intellectual property. The car conspiracy theorists have been uh, suggesting that's been going on for a long time with alternate fuel technologies. The batteries and, that'll never die. Yeah, things like that. They've there's been, a warehouse somewhere on an Area 54. That's <laughs> full of car inventions even that are that's, amazing. Yeah, even if that's nonsense, though, what is true is that there are patent protection agencies out there that are essentially companies made up of lawyers, and they're what they do is they go and they swindle people out of their ideas, and then they sit on them. And if those right. other people try to go and actually um, do something with their ideas later on, then they sue and they completely yeah. control so many different uh, inventions, and that, that in many yeah. cases just sitting in file folders, nobody can do anything with. I'm not for doing away with the ideas of IP, intellectual property, but I, I think that um, there, there's some big differences between what a trademark is, what a copyright is, and what a patent is. I would say all of them have some problems, the least of which is a trademark, um, but patents have huge problems considering that some of the human genome, which is DNA, people have copyrighted your DNA, Wayne, as though you can't, you don't really own your own DNA. They're copywriting plants, aren't they? They're copywriting peanut, crustless peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They're copyright. No, I'm sorry. They're patenting. patenting. They, they're patenting all these things, and it's silly. And right. then copyrights. However, know, however, they have their own problems too. Patents have three requirements: it has to be new, it has to be useful, and it has to be non-obvious. So most uh, patents that are overturned in court are on the non-obvious requirement because yeah. you could say, well, anybody would have thought of that, and it gets overturned. So a good a good attorney can get that thrown out anyway. The only two areas that I've really I've, I've kind of pared myself down to a couple of areas after speaking was Stephen Kinsella mm-hmm. um, on the show. He's an intellectual property attorney who happens to be a liberty-minded person. Yeah, completely against uh, intellectual property. But he said he would s- secede, and, and uh, clearly he has some uh, difficulty arguing in these two areas, which are he would movies. cede. You mean cede? Cede. Yeah. Cede, as in give over to. I think I will that, I'll look that up you. for you yeah, um, okay. and uh, get back to you. Um, the he would seed in that area the um, you know the, the in in, mo- in the areas of movies and drugs simply because well I guess there's some problems in those arenas and I can f- think of a lot of uh, problems if you put a great deal of research into something and then some other company could just benefit off of your research. Val, any other thoughts? Uh, no, that's about it. Thanks for taking my call. Very good. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, this is one of those issues that liberty people love to debate on <laughs> for all eternity. Yes, this uh, is Free Talk Live hell. Uh, so, by the way, here you go, Mark. Seed, C-E-D-E, to surrender possession of, to yield, to grant. I think so, that you're that's I will proper, cede that to proper you. usage there. Yep. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything, whether it's your thoughts on intellectual property or anything else goes. If you make the call, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Plus, coming up, uh, we've got an update on the situation in Zimbabwe. As you may know, they are suffering under a extreme hyperinflation scenario, and it's not good. There is a little bit of good news to be found. It's Free Talk Live. We'll explain. This is Free 
Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com features include... The Wiki, over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call. So And they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. SACL, C-A-I. 800-259-9231. We go continuing to uh, more of your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's start with Dan in Texas. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. How's it going, guys? Hey, Dan, what's on your mind? Well, I was going to talk to you about pirate radio, but Arr. just before I do that, I want to let you know that I was listening to the uh, the audio file of that King Talkback program that both you and Mark called into the other day. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the local talk show here in the Keene, right. New Hampshire area that a lot of the liberty activists kind of are making a habit of calling, although I don't think we <laughs> have enough. There. I don't think we have enough of them yet. There were only three of us that called in a three-hour program on Saturday, but I always post the audio over at freekeen.com. So for those people that are, aren't really sure what you're referring to, uh, you can just go to freekeen.com and look for the, uh, the talkback audio files there. Right. I don't even go over the whole thing, but uh, I found it funny that uh, they, they can't seem to uh, separate, uh, you know, anarchy or stateless from chaos. They think it's one and the same. Or well, that's, that, or that's that, a common uh, uh, governance. There's no rules. Well, it's a common misconception. So, I mean, I I'm not surprised by that. Right. They're not trying well, anyway, to hard either. Yeah, yeah, that's obvious. No, I wanted to get talk to you about uh, pirate radio. I just recently purchased all the gear, and I'm waiting for it to come in to Ooh, that's uh, set up my own little LPFM station here in the little little town here in Texas. All right, what kind of money and, did you? Uh, what kind? But let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, the amount this cost you. I mean, I don't want to get too detailed as far as technical details because you don't right. want to bore people. But you're talking about setting up a pirate or community radio station. What did you uh, outlay as far as cash? As far as cash, the only thing I'm not counting is a used laptop that I already had. But mm-hmm. as far as actual transmission gear and the wiring and the antenna, all that stuff was less than well less than two hundred dollars. Oh wow, that's uh, that's for new stuff. That's for an eighteen watt transmitter. So you know, a few miles. That's yeah, that's pretty that's cheap. Cover my little town here, you know. Very and, cool. Uh, so do, do you have like a tower miles. that you can put the antenna up on as well, or is that something? I have I have a, a choice of either a very tall tree where I can actually hide the antenna a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or on top of a very tall roof. Cool. So that, that's what I'm doing for now, and that'll be more enough to, care, to cover our little little town here. Yeah, you that's know what all I'm really going for. I, I, what I would suggest here is that uh, you don't have a pirate radio station. You have a Part 15 radio station. Well, right, you can't have a Part 15 two. radio station if you have 18 watts, Mark. Are He's you, are you a lawyer? A... Am I? Uh, no, no, I'm asking Ian. No, are but you I, giving, are you giving legal advice to this gentleman? I'm not giving legal <laughs> advice. I'm just telling you what Part 15 means. Part 15 is where you're running a tenth of a watt. Uh, well, this this is written by the FCC attorneys, and I think that only a qualified attorney would be able to uh, decide what those laws. That's would fine, Mark. Say. The qualified attorney is not going to stop the FCC goon squad from kicking in your front door and taking However, your 18 watt transmitter the FT- from you. F- FCC goon squad is a probably, and they're not going to stop them. It's not going to stop them if you call it a pirate radio station either. They're hotshot. 
got. Now, that's why FCC, you should call it a community radio station. Well, uh, you call it Part 15 because then you have the, 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 the sound like you thought you were legitimate. Oh, I see. You're oh, Yes, playing dumb is what you're suggesting. Well, it's, it's better than playing gotcha. obstinate, Mr. Obstinate. <laughs> okay, so all that said, uh, uh, that's, that's a very good good plan, and I, I'm well aware of all the uh, the technical risks and legal risks and all that stuff. What, what are the I risks, by the about? way? I mean, if if you're well aware of it, it's been a while since I've done uh, done the digging. I'm, I think that there's a poss- the potential for jail time, though I don't know if anyone's ever gotten it. And no, generally not. What what you got to do is is if if you're really irritating to them, then they'll usually try to fine you. Um, what normally happens is if if you're discovered. They'll first send a letter telling you to cease and desist, and right. then you either move it or change frequency. Or, right, or that's when you stop, find you know? a friend's house and you put it up over there. Right, right, or public land is a good one too. Um, but and if you keep doing it, then they're gonna they're gonna take your equipment or anything connected to the equipment. So that's mm-hmm. why you try to isolate your gear from the rest of your belongings. Right. And then if you really are on the side, then they'll start finding you taking your court stuff like that. So I'm not I'm nowhere I'm not planning to go that far and and. The way I'm setting it up, it shouldn't reach far enough to really pick up the ears of of the big boys. You know what I mean? Well, I I I think that uh, the the fact is the the big boys have ears everywhere because there's always somebody oh, who'll snitch. That's right, true. Right. Uh, but, but really, when you're doing pirate radio, the biggest problem you've got are the other broadcasters in town. That's right. Uh, right, and so, there's plenty of holes in our spectrum where I live. Lots right. Of holes. And as long as you're being a good neighbor and not stepping on anybody's signal, that'll reduce the chances the other broadcasters will do something about it, but that it won't necessarily completely eliminate it. Um, right. The FCC, by the way, never monitors anymore. They don't monitor. No. They don't have monitoring stations. They respond to complaints. They don't yeah. have the money or the time to do it. It's correct. They not, only respond. Not all the time, anyway. Right. Um, and, and, but I, I didn't really want to go into that because everybody knows how you know what's going on with that. I know what's going on with that. But I, what I wanted to talk to you about was. Yeah. Um, if you had any recommendations on how to schedule shows or any promos, or I mean, what I'm new to the whole radio business. I am technically aware enough to get the thing on the air and to schedule blocks of stuff. But what about um, uh, fillers or 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 how 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 far back I should go in the FTL database, you know, for reruns, things like that. Just I, I mean, that's up to it's up to you. I mean, you, I mean, there's certain things you can use as far as station automation software. If you go to the affiliates page at affiliates.freetalklive.com, oh, yeah, I've, I've got a good package already. Yeah, and you scroll down. I'm just I'm telling it, the listeners. If you go to the affiliates oh, okay. page and you scroll down to the uh, the part 15 section and you look at the uh, the link to the I think the South Dakota part 15 station, they've got a link to some station automation software that I guess will will switch between internet streams for you. You can probably pay, play mp3s with it as well so you can probably do a mix of live programming and uh and pre-recorded stuff as well right. so i mean it's really just up to you what you want to put on the air you're you are what essentially the program director right well i was planning initially is, is the amount of time i have to devote to it i'd like to um of course this is with the permission of everybody involved as far as you know the show owners go but uh carrying free talk live live during the week and then uh and then that'll be it for the week and then just filling up the weekend with uh 
you know, whatever I want, the archive stuff from, you know, Gardner's show and, yeah. and your show and uh, Free I think it sounds like a that. great idea. I think it's brilliant. Use as much of that content as you can. I'm sure that all of those folks will give you permission. Uh, of course, you know you don't need to ask permission uh, to use Free Talk Live. Uh, but, <laughs> right. you, you know, I certainly appreciate you bringing it up. And, and let us know when you're on the air, and we'll list you under our Part 15 section, if that's how you want to be listed, unless you actually have the cojones, like the community radio stations in California and the other pirates around the country, to average yourself as a true community station slash pirate not station. Not going to go that far. Okay. But uh, but definitely you know tell some friends around town that sort of thing. There's, we've got a really cool mix of different types of people here, so well, it's, I, I believe it's going to go over real well. I so. hope so, and I hope you'll keep us in the loop about the status of the station, whether or not the FCC picks up on you, and all that. Will you do that? I'll do it. Thanks, Dan, it. and good luck out there. We appreciate it. I I I hope more people do what Dan is doing because. You know, if they're not going to put Free Talk Live on your local talk station, start your own. 800. And it's a good way to get your message out there. Yep, 259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You bring up anything, it's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies, they've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Dex C20 is a natural appetite suppressant, enabling people to eat less, still feel full. Users report they eat the same foods, they just eat less of them without feeling hungry. I've been taking Dex C20 for several months now. It's been working just that way for me to the point now that uh, even the, the, the days that I miss taking the pill, I don't even feel like eating as much as I used to. Today we had pizza. It used to be I'd have four pieces and I'd be kind of like, hmm, should I have a fifth piece of pizza? Should just a little more maybe. Yeah, Not now. now. I had three pieces of pizza today and I, uh, you know, it was like fine, no big problem, no, no nothing at all. I, you know, no change in my life. Dex C20. You can get it at Walgreens. GNC, CVS, or you can get it at diet.freetalklive.com. That's Dex C20. It's in the gold box. All right, we continue with your phone calls. Frank in New York, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey. Uh, I wanted to mention regarding intellectual property that it's not the idea that's uh, patented, but it's the expression of that idea. And, you it's know, true. the notion that we live again in a, you know, a free market capitalistic uh, world is really utopian and illusory because it ne- the free market never existed in the history of mankind. But I'd say I that think, that's probably true. Right, but I think what's interesting is that uh, with the Enlightenment rationality, you had the notion of intellectual property. And if you look at the rapid technological innovation over the last 300 years, you'll notice that it's basically, you know, through the licensing and the patenting of inventions and ideas, and also the copyright uh, that allowed individual printers to sort of have a monopoly, granted a short-term monopoly, 
on those ideas or the expression of those ideas in the form of books. And as you know, a, a producer, I produced uh, a series of records 20 years ago. You know, to do a recording can be very expensive. It's not uncommon to spend sixty or hundred and twenty thousand dollars on an album with a band. I don't and think it costs putting, that much today. When Maybe you're twenty years ago. Capital into that, you don't want to have someone take your work, reproduce it, give it away for free, or sell it when you actually own the rights to that. I understand you're saying you don't want to, Frank, but the fact is you're, what you're advocating is that you're going to throw somebody in a prison cell for doing what they want to do with their own property. If they no, want no, to take... because it's my property they're actually pirating, and they don't have the uh, release or the license to reproduce that. Yeah, I understand so that you believe fully that, in the system, but I'd like is... to say that you know, what you're suggesting, you're suggesting that because there's been a lot of technological innovation over the last several years, you're suggesting that it's because of patent However, correlation does not necessarily case, imply correct. causation, and I would like to point out that there are lots of areas that have had plenty of development uh, and, and, and advancement in industries that are not patented, uh, areas like perfumes and clothing and things well, like that. Perfumes they, are actually trademarked. And the formulas the name of the patent, but, but the actual no, you cannot patent a uh, a perfume as yes, far as can. I understand. You it. can patent the formula of the perfume, and that's what's done all the time. That's why. You know, That's not my sense, understanding. You can't do it with clothing, Frank. Wrong. What do you have to say with that, uh, to that one? Repeat. You can't do it with clothing. What do you have to say to that one? Well, yes, you can. You can do you, what you do is you do a copyright on the design, and after the you're just talking through your butt now at this point, Frank. Years. You don't know what you're talking about. That, no, I do know that. You can copyright the clothing design. Patent is for an invention. You don't patent clothing. You copyright clothing. How come uh, I, I, the I, design? I believe that you, you can copyright the name of the designer, but I don't believe that you no, can you do anything with clothing. That. That's known as trademarking. You trademark the name. Frank, I, I've got to disagree. My understanding is that you can't do that with uh, clothing. Uh, that, that, in fact, you know, I can come up with exactly the same uh, dress that another designer does and put my name on it, and that's fine. Yeah, what no, you're you seeing in the in the world of technological... If it's, direct, and... if it's a direct copy of that, because people have gone to... Chanel has sued many, many uh, pirates that have copied the clothing design. What happens is when the copyright expires after 19 years, then and if it's not renewed by the person, they have the legal right to renew it, then it's in public domain, and then anyone can sort of cut and change. But one thing you don't seem to understand, with a patent, you can do, do what is called a design patent, where you make an innovation on an existing patent, yeah, and you can patent that innovation. That's known as a design patent. But check your law books. Go back to intellectual property, because, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, our system is really, in a sense, founded on it, and it really is the foundation of Western industrial capitalism. And yeah, one example, uh, you know what? The foundation of uh, the technological advances that we've had is because of the fact that many uh, in this country for many years there was relative freedom to operate your business in the way that you wanted to. So it was the fact that people were free to do business is what uh, spurred the economy the on the free enterprise had, system. Benjamin Franklin had the foresight to set up the patent office that allowed for individuals to create. 
Yeah. What uh, it allows for is a bunch of bureaucrats to decide who gets to live and die in the realm of business. And, of course, the, uh, those decisions usually go in favor of the patent attorneys. Frank, you would agree that uh, there's some, some, a great deal of problems with the, uh, the intellectual property system uh, that we have currently. What about the oh, absolutely. Sonny Bono law, where uh, I think that you basically, for the rest of your life and your, your children's life and your grandchildren's lives, they won't have to work because you came up with a hit song. I, are you familiar and with I this one? And I think that's fine. I, as a, Do as you? a composer and someone who was actually Frank is a true music, believer in intellectual property. Now, now, Frank, w- imagine for a second, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star was patented by Mozart, and now no, it anybody... Been copyrighted. Patented. It would have been Whatever. copyrighted. Fine. Copyrighted by... I'm, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. But copyrighted by copyrights Mozart. copyrights didn't exist when Mozart was Understood. Alive. That's right. That's the point I'm trying to make here, Frank, is that if he had done just that, his descendants at this point would still not be working. They would be idle rich, and they would be legion. There'd probably be a thousand of them. That's what we have under capitalism. That's what we have under capitalism. I don't call well, that capitalism. That's I think what that you have with the free market system if you have a genuine free market system. I don't what are you think talking so. about? Because that's, that's not really a free market. I mean, to, that's to, correct. to some the extent, I agree with Ian on this one. But if you had it, that's that's exactly how wealth is made. Most wealth is not created. Most wealth is inherited. Seventy-eight percent of all wealth. I don't think you understand what wealth is. Less than fifteen percent is generated anew, and right. that's well, something that you know. Are, when you, you say wealth, see, Frank, do you so, mean money? Are, are you talking about money, or do you mean more than that? I mean more than that. I mean wealth. I mean every every generation, or maybe every three generations, you have someone like in Thomas Edison, or an Alexander Graham Bell, or a Bill Gates. Well, Frank, who actually, you're a Henry Ford who really innovates and creates a system that changes the world and, you know, becomes really a driving force and an economic force. Uh, I think there are a lot more innovators out there than you will give credit to. Oh, there's Frank. a lot of them. There's many of them, but you have to work within the legal structure I don't have to do anything. Property. Well, what about if I'm an innovator? Let's say I make a billion dollars inventing something, and don't I have the right at when I die to give it to my family? Absolutely. And, and not have, have the, the government right, take it all? You have the right to give that away, and you have the right also to – I think the uh, Mr. Torvald, who invented the Lennox system, didn't copyright uh, the uh, – or patent the right. operating system. He left it for the public domain. Right. But it's what's open interesting about it is, you know, you do have that opportunity. But uh, you and Linux the and the people that are making Linux an are operating system, license it, own it, and sell it to the world and make you know hundreds of billions of dollars. All right, Frank, you're a true believer. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate like to, hearing from you. Uh, since since we can uh, patent clothing, I'd like to patent the T-shirt. Well, I think that he's saying you can't patent clothing. He said you can copyright clothing. Well, there's Fine, something. If we can copyright clothing, I want to copyright a T-shirt. There's something called trade dress protection, which I'll give you an example. When the first iMac came out, somebody tried to copy it, and Apple sued because the shape and, and just the whole swish thing, you know, they call that trade dress protection It because the iMac mm-hmm. was known for being that shape, so they were successfully thwarted that competitor. It's outrageous. 800-259-9231. If somebody can do it better than you, they should be free to give it a shot. Yeah. And if people want to make the, the choice to purchase them instead of you, too bad. You didn't do as good of a job. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. 
You can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can vote for us at vote.freetalklive.com. In fact, we are losing in the voting competition at the moment uh, in second place, whereas we would like to be in first place, and we can be in first place, but we need your help. Uh, We need you to go to vote.freetalklive.com, cast your vote for the show. It takes you less than a minute. All you need is your email address, and that's used for verification purposes to make sure you're a real live person instead of some um, robot that might be voting a program designed to Fake votes. We don't want that. We want real people voting. We need you to do it at vote.freetalklive.com. So please take a moment and do that for us. It's only a once a month thing. So once you're done, you're done for this month at vote.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls about anything. Judy is on the line in Arizona. Judy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, Mark and Ian. Wayne's here too. Hey, Judy. And Wayne. Sorry. Hi, Judy. I just had to call in. I'm a patent paralegal, have been for 15 years. Okay. um, the guy that was just on, was yeah, Frank, name? Frank in New York, Frank, Fra- yeah, Frank's not completely right. All right, where's he got it wrong? He certainly sounds right when he talks, though. Yeah, he sometimes, with that well, no, sometimes he, does. he does. He does sound very right, but he's just not. First of all, a design patent is uh, is on like let's say you develop a handy-dandy new handle to deliver a medical device. I work for a medical device company. Um, you can, a design patent is is just that. You, you file drawings on what that handle looks like. Not what it does. Not, it's kind of like trade dress. I am completely lost. Detailed. I have no idea what we're talking about here. It, it, you're saying that design patents aren't what Wayne was suggesting earlier, and that is that uh, some sort of patent that allows you to build off of an existing invention? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I, th- I think I was referring earlier to trade dress protection. Uh, I was referring to yeah. the original iMac and the shape of it and everything and yeah. how Apple was able was to Frank, successfully uh, thwart uh, some copycats with that. Yes, and and tra- and design patents are a lot like trade dress, mm-hmm. um, but but they're more detailed. Like you have to file, you have to you have to file with them um, mechanical drawings of what what this thing ha- actually looks like, and it has to have some utility. So right. it's not just a look. Do you know what I mean? It has to do something. Yeah, for some of these big companies, their trademark, their image is so important to them, they jealously defend it against any imitators who might, who the consumer exactly. might confuse them with. And I yeah. understand where you're coming from on that because they have a lot invested in it, but yet I think sometimes they go too far, don't you? I, I completely agree. I completely agree with you. I, I mean, I work in the field. I don't necessarily agree with what they're doing, but... But I'm just saying that what he said about design patents is totally not true. Okay. And and I think that I also think that the that when the patent office decided that you could patent plants <laughs> and you can patent DNA and not just 
human DNA, you can patent animal DNA. And and Monsanto has actually gone out and patented and is has applied for patents on pigs. <laughs> on pigs, wow. yeah. Because, well, they bred, they bred their own special kind of pig, and now no, it's our no, patented pig. No, existing swine. And you can go look it hmm. up. You can go look it up. If you, if you just type in swine at the USPTO search engine, you will come up with Monsanto patents where they are, are trying to patent DNA of pigs. That's amazing. Yeah, my understanding with the patent office is essentially they're so understaffed currently and uh, so overburdened with people putting in patents because they've gotten away with stuff in the past, uh, you know, yeah. patenting crazy stuff, that essentially yeah. they just let everything go through and they they're just rubber stamping it. Right, they're just rubber stamping it and then the court system can deal with it. Well, that uh, way they get the money, right? Right, they got the money. Fee. And then yeah. the lawyers uh, who, you know, make this whole, uh, you know, system go round and round, the lawyers, they get their money when the court case goes through and mm, so nice you know. you, can you imagine someone coming to your house and serving your papers and saying well we own the patent on your dna come with us sir yeah it's pretty crazy i oh, suppose it's possible you, you did the story about the baby who died which, right which one was Just this recently i'm not recalling the, what was the story the, that what or i'm sorry wasn't able to get some kind of medication because the dna didn't you do a story just a couple sounds days like somebody ago? might have called in about something like that that I don't know. I I live in a time warp. I'm not really sure I what I did two days ago. <laughs> but I mean, it, stuff like that should not. I mean that that's not that's not new or novel. That is stuff that is made up of all of us. Yeah. Well, you I mean, know, that's goes just to, crazy. It is crazy. The Everyone would agree system, that here that uh, the the patent process is just out of control. Yeah, the entire system yeah. is crazy, and that's what happens with government programs. Whatever the program is, it always grows beyond its original intention. So the intentions might have been uh, good. I mean, the idea of protecting ideas, I'm sure, is very popular amongst those who create uh, the ideas. Uh, but as yeah. you can see, it's been uh, it's become a system that's been completely dominated and taken over by the attorneys, and yeah. they rule this world. And it's it's totally. it's it's actually I think it's stifling progress. I mean, Frank was making the uh, the argument that he believes that it's because of patents that progress has uh, has happened, and uh, he was I think drawing a conclusion which you can't necessarily draw. It, there happens to have been some amazing technological advancement uh, within the last several decades, uh, but I think that's because of the relative freedom that businesses have to operate, not necessarily because there's some governmental agency out there wielding force and threatening right. their competitors. Yeah, I, com- I completely agree. And you're somebody that actually works in the field, so I thank you for the call tonight, and I appreciate hearing from you and the expertise as well at 1-800-259-9231. I was going to say, you know, a lot of people have knocked the Japanese over the last 30 years about not being innovators. They've taken an existing idea and improved upon it. And if more That's people- innovation? Yeah, that's innovation in itself. I agree. Making a car more reliable and, and uh, more sleek, better gas yeah. mines, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. Innovation comes in all forms, not just the, the initial invention. Sometimes right. some of the best innovations come after something's invented. And if you have to beg for permission before you're allowed to innovate, that puts a real dampener on the, the entire creative process. Absolutely it does. Um, you know, jumping through all those hoops can just, when you've, when you've got the inspiration to do something, you, sh- you should just be able to do instead of saying, well, well, I like your idea. Can I please use it in creating a new idea of my own? All these patent rules and everything, they're completely, completely designed that big business controls the, uh, the, the, the creation yeah. of new things. Sure, you can use the And the little the guy is stifled at every corner. Yeah, you're a little guy. You want to use the idea? Sure, you can use it. Just pony up. You've got 
$30,000, don't you? Or whatever the amount is. I mean, if it's their idea, they can probably charge whatever they want to charge you for using it. And yet this is another example of why our economy and our system has gone to seed, because you have to build a viable economy from the bottom up and not from the top down. And when you let the top, the, the central planners control the economy and control who can invent things, who can't, who can work, who can't, then you have a stifling environment where people don't want to produce. So what is the opportunity cost of the patent system? I mean, what is it Massive. That, yeah, right. I mean, that's what Frank was pointing out, that he thinks there's been all this wonderful development that's happened because of patents, but what are we actually missing out on because of patents? What are all the wonderful inventions and the uh, great wealth that we could have? What is it all that we might have today that we don't have because the various different people that w- might have wanted to pursue a particular uh, path in life and were prevented from doing so, because of the patenting process, what are we missing out on? We don't know. And that's something the public never sees. No, and then that's the opportunity. Co- I believe yeah. that's the definition of the opportunity cost, yes. as I understand it, at least. It's, it's, what, um, uh, it's what you're foregoing. For example, if you decide not to go to college um, and you work instead. Um, well, actually, I'm sorry. If you go to college instead of working, the, the opportunity cost would be the, money the amount of money, work, could, yeah, the amount money you could have made. Working. The advancements you could have gotten in the, in, the, in the company that you were working in. Yes. So those are just two examples of, uh, of the opportunity cost. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's tremendous. And where, we've, where we're at today is in a situation where the lawyers completely control the entire situation from top to bottom. And there's tremendous cost just to simply comply with the patenting process and to hold the patents and to sue for people that are violating the patents. And, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, obviously, court time and things like that that's tied up in these, uh, in these situations. And a tremendous amount of money is being tied up. What kind of money would companies be able to save if they didn't have to employ an entire legal department in order to handle the patenting situation? They could use that money for research and development a lot of it's my understanding that a lot of research and development costs are actually patent costs so it costs less to do r&d if you didn't have to go and cya when it comes to the government patent situation 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line well i can tell you the people in zimbabwe are not concerned with patents they're concerned with getting money they can spend survival hyperinflation is a serious problem there And we'll talk about that coming up here in hour number three. Take your calls as well about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. Oh, and Mark is coming back here shortly. Uh, you can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. As we continue here, your phone calls, we go to Mr. Pyle calling from Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Uh, Hey, guys. I just wanted to comment a little bit about the patent thing. While I agree that the system is totally broken and should be abolished, I am going to come to the defense of Frank in New York a little bit here with regards to patents actually incentivizing uh, business innovation. And the reason why is because... When you go to an investor and you have a product that's a physical product or some sort of engineering-based product or, or algorithm software, 
you're about 10 to 20 times more likely to get massive investment if you have a patentable product. So the, the 10K or the 20K it takes to get that patent approved is more than worth it because the payoff is so much greater. And I think that that may be what he's talking about as far as incentivizing. And I do agree the smaller guy, you know, the, the average software engineer in his basement might be a little put off by the patent process. Um, if he has a killer idea and he takes that to an investor, as we all know, the garage startups are the ones that make all the money. All those companies get patents, and the investors that invest in those companies will give you way more money if you can show them that your idea can be patented. And that's pretty much all I wanted to say. Well, are you suggesting uh, that there would be uh, very little advancement without the patent system? No, I don't think so, because most of the... um, pretty amazing stuff that's come out in the last 50 years is usually the result of, you know, just a couple of guys in the garage and the patent process is actually after they get to the point where they, they want to have a marketable product. So I don't think it's going to squash innovation. I'm just saying that the incentive to get patents is built in the system by investors who know that they'll be protected if they can invest in a startup that can be patentable. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that. Of course, in the absence of in the absence of a patenting process, then investors wouldn't have that as an option, and they'd have to just be willing to take a risk, which of course is what investing is all about, is taking a risk in hopes of uh, future rewards. So essentially you're saying that investors feel better when they know there's an armed gang of thugs standing by to uh, to protect their investment for them. Oh, for, for sure, without a doubt. I mean, if you go to any any VC firm and come with an idea, especially with a physical product, and you say, my idea is not patented and can be, or I've already started the patent process, you're going to be halfway there to getting that deal than you would otherwise. And I, and I, I do think that uh, that's just inherent building the system, and I'm sure the market could come up with some sort of watchdog group that you know keeps track of new products and, and who's using what, when, to kind of certify, you know, like here's an original product versus, you know, this guy's a knockoff, and you know, I'm sure the, the market would shake out the imposters. Thanks for the call tonight, Mr. Pyle. Thank Appreciate you. hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's Stakel CAI toll-free line. Yeah, we were talking uh, during the break about how Apple didn't invent the, I, the MP3 player. They just took an idea and, and improved upon it. And there's a lot of competitors in the marketplace. There were quite a few MP3ers out before players out before the iPod came out, but yes. they're the number one iPod or uh, MP3 player because of their execution of the idea. This is true. Good point. It's it, it, well, that's that's true in in so many arenas. I mean, if you're if you wanna wanna take for instance uh, robots who have lived among them, um, you know that that crashed on Earth a long time ago and uh, can transform themselves into, into cars and um, now live live among uh, humans. Who would you think of? Transformers. I was thinking of GoBots. I think GoBots came after the trans. Well, who came first? It doesn't matter oh, who boy. came first. Mark, it's just about, about the marketing. The, it's just about the execution of the yeah. idea. Um, you know, there's, there's the, the ideas of these are are legion um, out there. I mean, if you're thinking about a patriotic, uh, super strong hero, there's well, there's there's uh, Uncle Sam, there's uh, the, the Patriot, there's Captain America. You know, all, all these ideas. It's just the execution. Well, I got scared there. I thought you were outing me for a minute. <laughs> As a robot in disguise? What? Yeah. Oh, okay. 800-259-9231. Uh, we go to Zimbabwe, where the Guardian in the U.K. is reporting that the government is set to greatly increase the amount of money people can withdraw from banks 
apparently in an attempt to quell growing unrest, including riots and looting by soldiers this week over a drastic cash shortage caused by hyperinflation. Mm. The central bank has raised the withdrawal limit from the equivalent of just 18 pounds a day to, excuse me, 18 P, that's a lowercase P, is that pence? 18 pence a day to about 33 pounds. The funny-looking L is a pound, right? The, funny, so. the British L, British pound, it's, it looks like an L with a little line through this. I, think, I thought the, um, that the the pound was a. Uh, now I'm thinking of the the euro symbol. I don't know. I know them when I see them. Anyway, it, they're increasing uh, from 18 pence a day. I'm going to guess pence to uh, pounds to about 33 pounds a week following the protests, in which scores of troops apparently are apparently angry at waiting in long bank queues targeted, uh, long bank queues targeted shops in Herrera that will only accept payment in U.S. dollars and black market money changers openly dealing on the streets. The growing anger among soldiers and other Zimbabweans is due in part to increasing difficulty of using the national currency to buy anything but a few locally produced vegetables and bread after the U.S. dollar has been made legal tender. The central bank is also issuing new Zimbabwe dollar banknotes worth 50 million Zimbabwe dollars and also 100 million Zimbabwe dollars to keep pace with, by the way, 50, 50 million Zimbabwe dollars translates to 17 pounds in British currency, so... Today, at yeah. this moment in right. time, don't you at find the time that, of this that was written? Don't you find it peculiar that the, lead, the so-called leader of Zimbabwe, Mugavi, has three PhDs in economics? It, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> well, he must have been studying Keynesian economics, I'm sure. Yep, and uh, so they've they've in, they've put out new banknotes with higher dollar values on them to keep pace with the inflation. Officially put it at 231 percent in July, but which economists now estimate runs into the billions. Riot police today arrested trade union leaders and broke up a small protest over the limits on cash withdrawals. The union leaders were detained as they led a march of a few dozen people to deliver a petition to the central bank demanding an end to the restrictions. So speaking out against the central bank gets you arrested in Zimbabwe. Uh, The demonstrators carried placards reading no to cash limits and we are tired of sleeping at the banks because many people spend hours queuing every day just to get enough money to cover transport and a few basic foodstuffs. Can you imagine living life in this in this manner, where you're standing around day, all day long waiting at the bank just to get your hands on... Uh, Why are they waiting at the bank? To get your hands on some, uh, some, uh, some paper. Why so wouldn't you, you take it all it. out? You can't. I, because you can't. There's a limit. That's what oh, they're I saying see. here. There's a limit to uh, withdrawing. You cannot withdraw more than... Uh, they're now raising the limit. You cannot now withdraw only 33 pounds a week. They have to. They have to raise the limit because the the the, the amount of the dollars just or their Zimbabwean dollars just keep right. on inflating. So so essentially, you can withdraw 100 million Zimbabwe dollars uh, per week now with the new rules, which which is the equivalent of about 33 pounds. So the union leaders uh, again were detained. And the police also broke up a protest by doctors and nurses who were attempting to deliver a petition to the health ministry, objecting to the lack of medical supplies and the closure of some large uh, government hospitals. They say we're forced to work without basic institutional needs like drugs, adequate water and sanitation, safe clothing, gear, medical equipment, and basic support services. The collapsing health service is now grappling with the additional burden of cholera. The U.N. said today it had confirmed 565 deaths from cholera among 12,000 reported cases. The medical charities say the real death toll is at least double. Uh, the government says it will punish troops involved in the protests, but some of Mugabe's critics suspect the demonstrations may have been orchestrated to justify a further crackdown on his opponents and possibly the introduction of a state of emergency. 
The former Home Affairs Minister, who's joined a breakaway faction of Mugabe's party, told the news service that the protests may not be what they seem. He says, I do hope the demonstrations by the soldiers are genuine and that it's not a ruse to come up with an excuse to crack down against the people or even worse. So he's suggesting that perhaps this is kind of a uh, agent provocateur situation where the troops will essentially look like they're joining one side, but in fact their actions will result in a crackdown, an official crackdown from the government, and as a result everybody gets their freedom restricted, whatever freedom you do have in Zimbabwe. There's more to this story, though, uh, especially the factor that apparently the U.S. dollar is now legal tender, and one of the reasons why they did that in Zimbabwe is because people were using them anyway. They were using what, what essentially were black market currencies. To get business done, because business must go on, regardless of what the government's doing to the money and supply. And to retain their wealth. Yep, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your thoughts about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. We've got a lot of features, and we give them all away, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Completely free. Freetalklive.com. You know, you know that email is not secure. But hey, privacy's dead anyway, right? Well, wrong. According to the privacy uh, privacyharbor.com and uh, excuse me, introducing privacyharbor.com an easy to use secure email alternative. Sign up for a free account today at privacyharbor.com because normal email is not secure. That's privacyharbor.com. 800-259-9231. The hyperinflation situation in Zimbabwe is resulting in some just awful conditions. Uh, people having to stand in lines for hours at their banks in order to withdraw enough money to go and barely buy anything. They have increased the amount of money that people can withdraw each week to 100 million Zimbabwe dollars. In fact, they had to print uh, brand new banknotes with more zeros on them. But actually, there was apparently a point at which they had to lob off some zeros. We'll get to that uh, just because the, the hyperinflation is just so insane. Uh, apparently, one of the other things they've done is legalized U.S. dollars as legal tender there. So now instead of U.S. dollars being illegal to use, uh, they are apparently now legal in Zimbabwe, which may to some extent help alleviate some of the problems. I'm hoping, for their sake. Yeah, well, isn't it ironic that the U.S. dollar is being used as a safe haven for their wealth? In comparison to hyperinflation, the U.S. dollar is a safe haven, but you're right, uh, Wayne. I mean, it's certainly it's being debased as well, it's just not as obviously. I remember reading some, a few months ago that they had like 100,000% inflation in Zimbabwe, which is crazy. And you can see how destructive it can be and how it can incite civil unrest, it can... Uh, it can create things you never dreamed of in a society because people aren't secure in, in the money they're making 
in, in some cases, you'll find with hyperinflation that, that if you're at work, you'll, you'll get out at noontime with your money and, and get it off to your wife as quickly as possible so she can shop before the prices go up by the end of the day. Yeah. That's, that's what happens that's what in these like. countries. It's the, crazy. The, the political situation there is just so, t- so, so unusual that uh, the, many of the soldiers are now joining in the protests. Uh, of course, some are paranoid that that's part of a plot to, uh, to create an excuse for the government to crack down on regular people even more. But all that said, it could be legitimate at the same time. Well, the soldiers are probably getting paid in these, these uh, yeah. fiat dollars, too, and their money's not going very far either. Right. That's one of the reasons why they're upset. Uh, suspicion is rife because the government has sought to retain the backing of the army by ensuring that banks regularly delivered cash to the barracks. However, the troops still have much to be disgruntled about. The central bank is issuing the new banknotes tomorrow as the national currency continues its interminable decline. A new Zimbabwe dollar was launched in August after ten zeros were wiped off the currency because banks and shops could no longer could no longer handle the numbers. But the new dollar has plummeted just as fast, falling from about ten Zimbabwe dollars to the pound in early August to three million Zimbabwe dollars today to the pound. So that's over a period of a few months. It's gone from ten dollars per pound to three million dollars per pound. And you know their wages are not keeping up with this, so it impoverishes it impoverishes the whole country. It's just bewildering trying to think about how you would pay your staff when every single week you have to recalculate what it is that uh, that they get paid and what your costs are. It's just crazy. Uh, Twenty-seven new currency denominations have been introduced in Zimbabwe this year alone. Well, by that, they mean, uh, you know, numbers with even bigger zeros, essentially. Yeah. The rioting soldiers told bystanders they were angry that what little money they can they have can be used for little more than paying for transport and buying a few of the sparse locally produced goods. The government caught up with reality by legalizing the use of U.S. dollars and other hard currency in September. Dollars in South African rand were already in widespread use in what amounted to underground supermarkets selling imports. Now the transactions are legal. Uh, now that they're illegal, it's almost impossible to buy anything in Zimbabwe dollars. So the um, so very interesting that apparently, despite whatever the rules are, people just keep doing what they need to do to make sure that ends meet and to make sure that they can get things done and get business taken care of. And if that means doing business completely illegally, that's what it means. So apparently... Apparently everybody does have their line in the sand, and they they figure it out at some point it's when money. they're willing to yeah when they're willing to break the law in order to make sure that food gets on their family's table. Mm. In this case, it's the, yeah it's money. If they don't if this well, if it's always going to be money. If the currency is inflating, they'll find something. I think else. politicians know this too. I, it, it's pretty obvious. As long as people are fat and sassy, they might complain, mm-hmm. but they're not going to do anything. Well, you know, it's funny because I was reading an article last week how a large percentage of the popular um, economy in the Soviet Union was black market, but the government would never acknowledge it. They always deny that there was any black market, that mm-hmm. it, was, it was socialism at work, but, but, but prostitution, all that stuff happened. Uh, people sure. buying marijuana on the streets right in front of the police station because the police couldn't arrest them for it because it didn't exist. There was no black market. Hmm. So they had, they had the police They'd have over to acknowledge it if they... Yes, if they arrested them for it. Wow. Well, the rioting soldiers told bystanders that they were angry. What little money that they have can be used for, uh, again, buying very little. The government uh, has legalized U.S. dollars. The spar in Ballantyne Park in northern Harar is used by middle-class Zimbabweans and their domestic workers. It prices almost everything in U.S. dollars and will accept payments only in the American currency, rand or sterling. Change is given in bread rolls because of a shortage of small foreign notes. Only locally produced vegetables, eggs, and bread 
these days are the only things that can be purchased with Zimbabwe dollars. So it, the Zimbabwe dollar is a, uh, is almost virtually out of the, the marketplace as a result. You of, know nobody's buying toilet this. paper with it. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Be a waste. All right. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. It's just hard to imagine what this would be like in America, isn't it? It's hard to imagine how a hyperinflation um, scenario would play out here. Well, even if it isn't 100,000%, it's perfectly conceivable that it could be 100% inflation or, or worse. Well, the government's in own the numbers years. in Zimbabwe are claiming it's only 230%. So it, I guess it depends on... Oh, excuse me, 231 million percent. Oh, okay. <laughs> my, my apologies. I missed the little N there. I wonder if... Uh, if they're even bothering to print on the other side of these notes, um, <laughs> it's one of the things that I heard about the, uh, the was it the Deutschmark or the, the I can't remember which one. In Germany? Germany? Yeah, the, yeah, the Reichmarks. The, the Reichmarks um, that went out of control that they had just, they just stopped printing on one side of the bills. <laughs> why waste the ink? Yeah. So I just, I wonder. Wow. All right. Yeah, uh, your calls here. Uh, I, I'm just, it's just bewildering to think about what this would be like, a situation. How would this play out here in America? What? It's I I can't even grasp it I, I I don't even know how one would would deal with something like that I mean what would happen to our AMP program for instance we'd have to three bucks a month would be like chump change it'd, it'd be, be nothing yeah. it'd be yeah it'd be it'd be next to nothing so it's, it'd be like them throwing a penny at you yeah it's a scary scary situation and and it's it's a it's the potential for this to be happening here at some point that really should motivate people to do something about this. And when I say do something, obviously my favorite solution is to join the Free State Project, move to New Hampshire, and and let's help, you know, work towards setting up alternative currency systems, work towards setting up uh, silver-based currency or some sort of value-backed currency so we can switch over to that before the S hits the fan. That's already happening. There's there's an event going on December the 15th here in New Hampshire regarding just that. Yeah, I've got the uh, press release right here. So, but you know, I, uh, people are doing it. Great, get, get up, get over here where we're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. You want to be around the people that understand liberty when these situations strike, so we can weather this uh, as best as possible. More on the way. You can take control because the dollar is probably not going to last forever. That house of cards. It's free talk live. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, including the bulletin board system, you can get interactive with over 400,000 posts. There's an awful lot to talk about, and it's all completely free. Head over to bbs.freetalklive.com and join on us. Again, that's BBS. Dot freetalklive.com. Mark, tell me about the red pen ban. What is going on? I've heard these uh, on and off, and I, I often wonder about the, the, them, the veracity of them, that uh, red pens are just too much for, for young little impressionable minds to, to handle. Are you, what, are they suggesting red pens are hurting people's feelings? Yes. Okay. They're, they're just wow. too harsh. Abrasive. But this is from news.com.au. Looks like 
that Australian kind of news thing. Okay. Red pens are too aggressive, Queensland teachers told. Uh, teachers have been told to stop marking school children's work with red pen <laughs> because it's an aggressive color. Wow. It'll hurt their feelings. Queensland Deputy Opposition Leader Mark Ardell told Parliament today that teachers were being advised to reconsider their pen choice because it may offend children. Wait a minute. Are they being advised to reconsider or are they being ordered to stop? I mean, I'm not clear on this. Mr. I, 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 the, the terminology that they use is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when it comes to governments can always be this way, yeah. you know, that ambiguous. They may be ordering, but they might be saying they might be saying they're advising, but on the other hand, they might be actually ordering right. them. To stop. Mr. McArdle uh, tabled a Queensland health document proposing strategies for addressing mental health well-being in any classroom. It says, don't mark in a red pen, which can be um, seen as aggressive. Use a different color. They spell color with a U. Uh, you yes, know how that goes. Yeah. very British. Is red too aggressive? Uh, given your, uh, let's see, given it your It makes me feel old... classy when I spell things with U's. <laughs> <laughs> harbor, too. I, I always have trouble with harbor. Behavior. I like that one. Mm. Given your 10-year-old labor government presides over the lowest um, numeracy and literacy standards of any state in Australia, don't you think it's time we focused on classroom outcomes <laughs> rather than these kooky, loony, loopy, lefty policies, said Ms. Uh, Mr. Ac- McArdle? Now, that was what I kind of thought was going. this was going, is that he, in fact, was saying that this was a stupid policy and pointing it out that it was their policy. So this already was policy? That's, that's my understanding. Teachers have been told to stop marking school children's work with red pen because it's an aggressive color. Got it. And then he has brought this forward, and they had, and it's been tabled, and so I don't know whether it's going to be undone or not, but it's so hard to undone, wow. undo things. You know, I thought this would be coming out of California, but Australia? Australia's pretty damn socialist, man. Yeah. I mean, this is the same place Australians where... Australians write us all the time saying, please make them stop. Yes, they really do. I mean, it's really bad over there. And this is the same place that's putting the internet restrictions in. I mean, so Australia is certainly no stranger to the state, no stranger to tyranny. Which is a shame, too, because wasn't it the, uh, the essentially uh, the place where they put all the criminals yes. back in the day? So was I Georgia. Guess British. I guess so was Rhode Island, wasn't it? Uh, no, no, that's where they true. all went. That, Rogues Island wasn't not it true. called Rogues Island? No, that's, a, that's not true. Not true. I thought I learned that in government history class. Possible. <laughs> <laughs> rogues Island. I know some rogues from there. So uh, was that the end of the story? That's it. That's it. Okay. Uh, you know, not allowed to use red red pen. It's too too mean to the kitties. Oh, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, it, now, do we? But I see these all the time. You know, the the teachers say, "Well, we we decided that we wouldn't let the kids have Legos anymore because, well, they, they were just starting their own little capitalist communities, and everybody has to share." And apparently, you know, there's there's uh, lists where parents are give given, you know, not just the school supplies that they need to get, but the school supplies that they need to get for the community. Mm-hmm. And it it really does teach the kids this sort of socialism thing yeah it's beginner's communism essentially so does does anybody wonder why homeschooling is increasing the way it is well i I would say that mostly homeschools schooling is increasing is because education in public schools just stinks and it's getting worse and worse every year but a lot of it stinks because simply will not wake up to it they just won't they think that that you can continue to throw money at this problem more and more dollars force people to give more and more dollars i i think we put fourteen thousand dollars per student here in uh in Keene. something like that 13 ridiculous number and it doesn't 
matter. And I hear people in these towns, these hoity-toity towns, say, oh, our schools are so good here. Well, wait, how could they yeah. be good when it's all the same federalized, centralized curriculum? You have no, are you implementing No Child Left Behind? Well, of course you are. Well, some governmental schools perform better than others, but then we're just comparing cancer. But that makes people feel good is to tell them, right. your school's Our an schools. A-plus school. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the United States whose school system has been going down by worldwide standards since World War II. What you're doing, unfortunately, is grading your kid by the cripple kid. You know, I mean, like, it's just, right. you're, we, this, the, this is a terrible education system. And I'm sorry to all the cripple kids out there. I'm sure that you can do things great. But, uh, you know, it's it's using a standard you're using a yardstick that stinks yeah. the fact is hey let's let's rate your a plus school against the, the 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 one of the crappiest private schools in your town let's do that want to do that you know it's almost like saying that uh, to, to get away from the cancer analogy it's almost and go back to the uh, the titanic analogy which i like to use it's almost like saying that well you guys are all right because you're on the top row of you know you're on the top uh level of the titanic so you guys are doing okay, right? I mean, the, the entire ship is going down, and you're celebrating because you've got five more minutes of air to breathe. And it may very well be that your your student has walked out of public school with an uh, you know a better than adequate education. You may very well have that. The fact is. It's not happening uh, across the board. I mean, I've I've seen numbers as high as twenty, and and I've I've seen one number I just don't believe at forty percent of students get out of a uh, public school functionally illiterate. But I mean, it's incredible. Well, as far as the dollars you're spending for the results you're getting, we know the results are crap, and we know the dollar amounts are incredibly high. You were telling me, Mark, that you were looking at some of the private school costs here in the area, and they they vary widely. However. Yeah. Uh, many of them they do. are. They 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 vary as widely as you know as much as the public school as much as we spend per student on public school, which is fourteen thousand dollars a year, on down to half, which is a really great private school, on down to this one that's like fifteen hundred or seventeen hundred dollars a year. Right. I mean, it's a. I'm sure it's, it's a very minimal operation. And it's, it's a run tenth by, of the cost, though, essentially of what the the government schools cost. It's run by a church, you know, and I'm sure they're using their church facilities so they don't have rent. Right. Um, and and uh, my understanding is that some of the kids are educated via, um, you know, like a remote professor mm-hmm. that there's, uh, you know, professors that, that they watch, they watch via camera in yeah. other kids' classrooms and things like that. But this is a really great innovation. It right. shows how you can get your kid a really great education without having For to spend to all that money. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 just, and it'd, be even, it'd be even cheaper and there'd be even more options if the government would just get the hell out, allow people to keep the money that they earn, and then spend it for themselves on what they think is best, the products and the, the, the educational services that they think would be most valuable. And then you have the teachers' unions, of course, who, are, who have a lot of clout. And sure they, they all do. want new schools to be built all the time because the new schools are bigger and there's more jobs for teachers. Just yep. like, just That's like what ba- they're pushing for here in Keene. Yeah, just like in, in baseball. The baseball union is probably the most powerful union in the world. And they've pushed for expansion teams, and they've pushed for the designated hitter to have more jobs for their union members hmm. to expand them. So I, I personally contend that the current model of education is outmoded now. It's gotten too expensive. It's gotten outdated it's with the ancient. technology we have. You, t- you could take the, be- the, te- the 20 or 50 best teachers in the world and have them uh, recording, you know, video recording lectures, and you can watch them online and take exams, and, and you could do it that way. You wouldn't have to leave your house if you didn't want to. Or you could just go to a room with a bunch of other people and watch them and discuss them after. Right. <laughs> and the idea that you, you need for a second a live pr- professor, I mean, it's, right. just, it's, it's just not true. I, and when, uh, what can a live professor do that a, a professor of the Internet couldn't? do that's right hold your hand as you're writing well maybe you have a moderator there who 
uh, moderates the discussion of, of the lecture after. Who knows? Maybe. But, who knows? And that's exactly it. All of these ideas could be tried, and the ones that worked would continue working and continue generating money and continue generating customers and, lower and happy costs. customers, lowering costs, competition in the marketplace, innovation. All of this stuff could happen, and some, to some extent it is in the, the very relatively small private schooling world and homeschooling world. So there is still some of that innovation going on. It's just that if we had the, this bulk of people, the, the vast majority of people that is having their wealth extracted from them through property taxes, forced to go to the government school system, having that money go to the government school system, if that money was actually put into an educational economy, we'd see some amazing results. Amazing. If half that money was put into education, yeah. uh, you know, real competition. 800-259-9231. And yeah, you're right. You wouldn't need as much in the uh, the marketplace. More on the way. You take control in, even in these remaining moments. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial the toll-free number. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features we give away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. Or 100 million Zimbabwe dollars per month. <laughs> uh, you can also, uh, you know, help support us by doing that, and that makes a big difference for us because it allows us to reinvest into the show. It allows us to take that money in and advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. Getting on more radio stations around the country, uh, around the world, bringing new internet listeners on board. Uh, it's a, it's the way to get this this show and the message of liberty into as many new ears as possible, as quickly as possible. So help us out, and you'll get access to some perks like the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All of the details are there waiting for you at amp.freetalklive.com. Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Any more comments uh, on the uh, the education situation, guys, that you wanted to get out there? You know, I I, I just got to say that I I'm I'm a biggest the biggest fan. You know, although I prefer private schools and I'm I'm interested in the innovations that might come up in that uh, arena. One of the things that I really like about homeschooling is that uh, essentially you teach your kids how to learn mm-hmm. early on, and then they teach themselves after that. I was uh, talking to a friend of mine who's a Free State Project member and a mover here, and has a couple of daughters. And essentially, you know, what what she was saying is she doesn't really spend that much time. She had a little. She had to work with them on algebra a little bit, but they 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 educate themselves and they they learn in the arenas that are important to them. Uh, I think know, that's amazing. It, it is amazing, and it's how life goes after uh, you know after you get out of school. You know, if you think about it in life, a lot of the things that we've all done, probably some of the things that you're best at in your life, you taught yourself. So true. Yep. Because you're interested in it, so you become like a sponge. It, right, and and you're gonna you're gonna seek out different uh, you know different views on the subject. You're gonna do all that you know all that stuff. You're gonna you're gonna delve into it, and and that's that's what's gonna work as far as education. To yeah. me, that's what works for education. I didn't learn how to be a businessman in government school. How could you? They're all socialists. Right. They're all bureaucrats. <laughs> and they they really business. haven't. Most of them haven't really worked a day in their lives. Now, yeah. I don't want to say that teaching isn't um, in a public school isn't work, but it's not worked in work in the same. Um, it, in the the sense that it is in the free market, working for what something is worth. Yeah. You know, I think there's three things, reading, writing, and arithmetic. If you can get those, 
your kids to do those well, then they can, with those tools that you give them early on, they can go on and pursue what they're interested in and become very good at it and, and really um, go into the nuances of, of a subject rather than just a superficial understanding of something that they teach in school. They could go as far as they want to, and, as far as interests them. And, and these are the things that even a, even as a parent that has to, has to send their kid to a public school for whatever reason, these are things you can work on at home later. Sure. You can, you, know, you can work with your child in, in that respect. They, they talk about, you know, involved parents have more intelligent kids, period. That's so true. Be involved. All right, 800-259-9231. Let's talk about some ancient pots. Wayne, you have a story about uh, apparently they were doing some archaeology or something like that and found an old stash. Yes, a huge stash of marijuana (laughs) found in ancient tomb. Dude, the world's oldest. <laughs> Is that stash. really in the article? Yes, it says, dude. <laughs> they always make fun of pot smokers. In those articles. <laughs> they do. It's not cool. They used about ten U's in that, in the dude there too. The world's oldest stash of marijuana has been found in far western China, according to an article in the Journal of Experimental Botany. The ancient Caucasian people, probably the Indo-European-speaking Yenji, whose fair-haired mummies keep turning up in the Xinjiang province seem to have buried one of their shamans with a whopping 789 grams of high potency pot 2700 years ago. Arrest that corpse! <laughs> That's right. That's about 28 ounces of killer green wow. bud. Worth yeah, that's a lot. That's 8, almost 000, two pounds. A waste. Yeah. But worth about $8,000 at today's street prices and enough to keep Harold and Kumar happy for a couple of days. It was common practice in burials to provide materials needed for the afterlife, lead author author Ethan Russo, a practicing neurologist and prominent medicinal marijuana advocate based in Missoula, Montana, tells the Canadian press. No hemp or seeds were provided for fabric or food. Rather, cannabis as medicine or for visionary purposes was supplied. But the researchers couldn't tell if the weed was meant to be smoked or eaten. No Whichever pipes. way, uh, you're going to get high. Yeah, but there were no pipes, bongs, or rolling papers found in the tomb. No, of course not. No, they could just—they don't need that when, once you're dead. Your spirit can just <laughs> absorb it, probably. Uh, the the ancient Greek historian. They figure you could find your own bong in heaven. Yeah, that's right. But they uh, let's see. They like to throw marijuana into bonfires to in, uh, to in, induce trance-like states. Now there's that's a an terrible idea. waste. It's <laughs> very yes. I mean, there's a lot of smoke going up in the air. Yeah, they could teach these people to smoke. Maybe it was in so, maybe it was indoor. Maybe they'd have the fire indoors. Yeah, that doesn't hurt. But you still have to. Uh, don't you still have to put a hole in the ceiling? I guess you wouldn't. Yeah. you could still. You have a sweat some... lodge. Like a sweat lodge, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just all be in one place and. But the, that's yeah, it is wasteful. But I don't know. I don't do that stuff. But I can no, imagine. Of course not. No, I don't. I, I really don't. Not, not anymore. anymore. No, not in a long time. <laughs> uh, more than your lifetime ago. Gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, it's an interesting story, but it just shows that it's been around a long time, and people now did they used test it? it? Did they ch- check it to see if it was still good? In the article, they're showing a picture of them testing it for THC content to see if I guess it's withheld its THC all these years. I guess it was very well preserved. I mean, I can imagine the first thing I would have done is I'd have grabbed a chunk and then, you know, <laughs> stepped out back and invited a couple of the other ar- archaeologists out, and we would have done our own little test. You wouldn't have need any, uh, needed any equipment. I'm sure these archaeologists take their work very seriously. Yeah. One of them would have snitched you out. I'm sure none of them smoke marijuana either, of course no, not. No, never. None of, them, none of their college interns or anything like that would, would partake in such things. 
So very interesting <laughs> story. I mean, uh, so I think really what that points out is that marijuana has been used for a long time uh, for the purposes of well, spiritual uh, transcendence or whatever, whatever the heck purposes you want to call they it. decide to use it. Yeah, as well. yeah this was it was a, evidently a shaman, like a high priest type person, somebody very well respected in his community at the time. And they had a, a use for it, whether it was medicinal or relaxation or whatever it might be. It was used and, and, and revered at that time. Right, and accepted at the, uh, the highest levels of their society. It's kind of interesting how things have, uh, have shifted since then. I mean, back, how many hundreds, what, hundreds of years ago was this? this 2,700 years 2700 ago. 2,700 years. I mean, that's tremendous. That's a long time. It's an ancient society uh, using marijuana at the upper echelons of their society. And now today, the uh, the people in the roles of, uh, of the politicians, I mean, I don't believe they're the upper echelons, but most people do. Uh, the, the people in the political class uh, try to make, this, uh, make people believe that marijuana is the worst thing that has ever crossed uh, man's path. And it's clear that if the elites were using it 2,700 years ago, it probably wasn't such a bad thing. Oh, believe me, the elites are using it now. They just, of course they, they are. just pretend that it's evil. Oh, absolutely. Everybody, I mean, does, does anybody not realize that? Is there anybody out there that actually believes that uh, marijuana is only used by shiftless losers? I mean, does anybody really believe that propaganda? I, I, knew, I knew quite a few cops who smoked, too. Sure. Sometimes they you mean the cops that are on duty cops? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be uncomfortable to be smoking, uh, you know, with a cop, wouldn't you think? I mean, like, it, it, unless you happen I don't know, to know. It feels pretty cool, I think. <laughs> I understand. As long as he provides happen, the weed. Happen yeah. to know that this, you know, this person pretty well, it would be, I can see how it would be difficult for these people to enjoy sort of like normal friendships and things like that. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, for, for, for some people, this is a normal part of friendship. I don't smoke marijuana with my well, friends. I don't run out and do that kind of thing uh, very, very, you know, it's, it's been a long time. Well, sometimes what will happen is your friends friend who you smoke marijuana with will become a cop yes. and then will continue to do what he's been doing <laughs> and you'll be, you know, all your friends will be saying oh look he's a cop man he used to mm. smoke weed with us yep oh, and, and people know it, yeah. it's, it's I remember that. all the time well and it's and, and and again more evidence that there really is some level of official tolerance for it is that if you have smoked marijuana and you want to become a cop they'll let you become a cop yeah so they know it's not like warping your mind or anything like that. Yeah, I'm convinced that the reason why uh, pot's been criminalized in America is because of industrial hemp and that hot pot is just bundled in there because there are a lot of people who benefit from some of the competitors to uh, hemp, which is oil, of course, and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, timber and other materials that, that uh, they're more profitable than hemp is. Hemp grows very quickly and prolifically, and you can use it for a lot of different things, and it would actually revolutionize industry in this country if we You're would legalize right. it. And if you go back and you look at the history of marijuana prohibition, it bears that out. I mean, if you look at it, it was uh, the big industry guys that were really pushing for it behind the scenes. And they, they kind of pawned it off on, well, oh, it's evil. The evil black and, and Hispanic men are using it to seduce your white daughters uh, into bed. I mean, this was kind of the public uh, message that, was that some they, of the stuff they, said. they put out there. But what was really behind the scenes, the real truth was they didn't want to compete with people growing hemp. And then you also have the whole illegal legal drugs thing, uh, if you bundle it all together, you have a lot of politicians and, and different interests who benefit from something being illegal. But yet 2,700 years ago, the upper echelons of their society were found, uh, were buried with this stuff because it was just so ingrained in whatever their culture was at that time and so accepted. Uh, just as it's ingrained and accepted by many people in this culture, unfortunately, 
they'll end up getting thrown in prison cells over it, and that's the true tragedy. We're out. Done for tonight. It's been Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. See you tomorrow online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.